1: Is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factormeals.com slash just 50 and use code just 50 to get 50% off that's code just 50 at factormeals.com slash just 50 to get 50% off
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like recovering from cheating bastards, (laughs) revenge, (laughs) disclosing on dating apps, and what to do when things feel a little shady. Hmm. Uh, But before we get started, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We
0: know absolutely nothing. We're not professionals. We weren't trained in this?
1: No, we weren't. I mean, we've been trained by, like, our hard, no- hard knocks, for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Please
0: <laughs> never say that again. But also tell me, if you had to get a knuckle tattoo, what would your knuckle tattoo be? Um, Mine would be don't date. <laughs> As, like, a warning to other people. Oh, yeah. Dump him. <laughs> <laughs> With a little, like, heart on the pinky. Yeah. Dump him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just break up doesn't fit, does it? No. I can count. All right. Um, <laughs> This is all to say, obviously, we can't count, we can't maintain healthy relationships. Well, Sam can. I mean, I,
1: I'm doing that currently. but. Right.
0: Um, but uh, we're just here to offer our humble musings to give you, hopefully, some advice and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing thing that is love. Welcome to episode 12, Sam. Thank you. You want to know why this episode is really special? Why is it really special? You know why. <laughs> It's because you're about to get fucking married. That's right. Yeah, so Sam's going to get married between the time that we recorded this and the time that it airs. Yeah. I keep um, making
1: the joke to people like next time I see you I'll be a married man, which is like almost <laughs> as lame as that joke that you used to say say in like school when like, it was like, see like you Christmas. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> you would be like, see you next year. And everyone would be like, wait, what? Oh, uh, no, you mean the calendar year? Totally.
0: My gym teacher used to tell that to me. And I, my mind, my tiny little fourth grade mind would be blown. Yeah. Anyway, how, oh, how my standards have changed. Um, now it's just a bottle of champagne. And That's good all you conversation. Need. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so Sam's getting married this weekend. I'm going to be, I'm in his wedding party, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to read a poem at Sam's Ceremony.
1: poem that has not been written yet. (laughs) Listen,
0: don't drag me. It will be perfect. It will be ideal, except for the chronic sobbing that I will be doing throughout the entire recitation. That's good. That's great. I'm going to have... uh Merrick, your um, best man, carry the poem in his pocket. And in his other pocket, I'm going to have him carry 17 rags <laughs> for me to dry my face with.
1: That's good. It's also supposed to be 90 degrees. So that'll be helpful to like, because yeah, like yeah, Peter's yeah, yeah. going to be super sweaty. So yeah. we're going to need to like.
0: No, totally. I'll share the rags. Okay, great. And then people won't know the difference between my sweat or my <laughs> tears. <laughs> Perfect. But uh, in all sincerity, everyone listening out there, I'm so excited for this wedding. I know. Um, I'm so excited, not just because I love Peter and Merrick, I mean... <laughs> oh,
1: who's Merrick?
0: <laughs> is he your other podcast host? <laughs> I'm sorry. Merrick is our dear friend, and Merrick is Sam's best man, and I love them both very much, and apparently Merrick and Peter are getting married. Sorry. Okay, anyway, what a twist
1: that would be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a twist. Um, uh. But anyway, not only do I love Sam and Peter... <laughs> I love the wedding party so much. I love Sam's family. Um, I love our friend group. Like, this is just going to be like the wedding of the century. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs>
1: no, it's going to be great. Remember that time that you wanted to live stream it for our, yeah. our listeners?
0: Funny, funny thing. I once <laughs> wanted to make uh, an episode out of Sam's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, I have had better, smarter ideas.
1: <laughs> that more, got vetoed. More like I'm, Rocky res- I'm Kardashian.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, so we're really excited about that. By the time this airs, Sam will be a wedded bitch.
1: Yeah. Is that how you want I'll, me to refer to you For now? sure, yeah. I will be whipped. <laughs> oh I will God. be... I'll have a ball and chain.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. Look out for the patriarchy coming through. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> okay. uh, anyway. No, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm going to cry my my goddamn eyes out.
1: Yeah. So. That seems to be everyone's feeling, so...
0: Yeah, I think we're just so happy just for you. It's going to be like...
1: Sniffles McGee.
0: Oh my God. That's all right. We're done with our banter. Our banter has gone drastically downhill since, I don't know, the first episode. <laughs> all right. What's our check in topic today, Sam? Um,
1: so we wanted to check in. We got a letter from someone named GH, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, but basically, they ask about how you deal with comparing yourself to your significant other's exes Ooh. and like how to deal with the fact that you might think that your uh, your boyfriend's friends liked your ex more than they like you.
0: Oh, yeah. That's yeah. really hard. I actually really have, maybe not now in my life, um, G, that's what we're saying? Yeah. Um,
1: it might be G, I don't know.
0: Okay, we're going to say G. We're just going to, you know, shorten it's spelled
1: it. spelled G like G-Wiz.
0: Oh, cute. Yeah. Well... Then I'm in, okay gee anyway um gee I've definitely struggled with this I think maybe not right now in my life however when I start dating someone I think I immediately look to their exes mm-hmm. um, because of what it says about me and what it might say about them um, and in years past when I think I like was a little less secure in my body or less secure in my career I definitely would compare myself to others mm-hmm. constantly and and I think what our um, what the main idea of the letter was is that like this relationship is going well, but that the the happiness in the relationship presently is being overshadowed by shadowed by an insecurity that um, you're not as good as the ex partner or whatever. Right. And um, I think we wanted to start off by saying like the age old quote, which is comparison is an act of violence against yourself, mm-hmm. and um, we can spend So many buckets of energy on comparing ourselves to everything around us, literally to, you know, the media, pop culture, celebrities, our peers, our friends, our siblings, um, strangers we see on the street. We immediately assume that they have it better off than we do or like more put together that they don't like shit their pants. (laughs) Right. Yep. And um, the truth is everybody does. Everybody wakes up and has crusts in their eyes and everybody doesn't look camera ready all the time. And everybody makes mistakes and they fart in front of their partners. And um, it's just really easy for us to compare ourselves to other people because I I think that self-loathing or like that act of that violent act of comparison is more intuitive to us than saying I love myself. I feel secure in myself. For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the only time that I had a problem with, like, comparing myself to my exes or my boyfriend's exes was when I was with him because his boyfriend... Capital H, him. We've yeah. talked
0: about him in past episodes.
1: <laughs> what? Because, like, he was constantly, like, talking about his ex and, mm. like, being like, I still have feelings for him. And, like, he did a whole fringe show <laughs> about his ex where he, like, basically... <laughs> when
0: st- you guys were together? <laughs>
1: yeah like my sister and all her friends came like all of our mutual friends came and it was like the story it was just the story of his heartbreak with his ex (laughs) it was very uncomfortable
0: well actually i'm like cringing right now but then i like feel self-conscious because i'm a poet and i've written like fucking (laughs) epic books about my exes while dating other people so maybe i'm my own version of him
1: i mean no oh god i hate
0: myself No, no, no! I get fine. it. I get it. There is something different <laughs> from writing like a cathartic book. Uh, no, there's not anything different. I need to hold myself accountable. <laughs> no, it's
1: different. Yeah,
0: I think okay. I just carry it differently. And ho- let's just admit it
1: for sure. Um, but I will say also, I felt like a lot of comparison and like jealousy of the people that he hadn't dated but had had like sex with. Mm. And just, like, comparing myself to them and being, like, because at the time I was not super experienced and, like, what, like, was I am doing this right? And he, like, knew, like, he had all of these friends that he had, like, slept with. Mm. But I think the one thing that helped me in that was, like, I got to know them and was, like, oh, you're just, like, Paul. Right. Who's, like, works at the bank and, like, right. isn't this super, like, awesome Sexy sex, sex person. spot, yeah. Right? No, I was just, like, oh, no. You probably had... The same kind of sex that we did, and right. like it was probably fine or good, whatever. But that, right. but like, it's not like you're this like superhuman sex, right? super
0: yeah. And uh, what I think about when I think about comparison, um, I, maybe I'll speak to my own experience first, which is, um, I definitely i've I've had a really hard time comparing myself physically to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think everyone looks more graceful and more put together than me for some mm. reason i always think i look really childish and i look really like
1: um you're the youngest child
0: i okay i am <laughs> i am the youngest child out of three right um but i always feel like i look like a silly little girl and all my partners exes are like hot regal babes
1: yeah i get that
0: and i'm over here like thumbs up in my Jurassic Park t-shirt <laughs> like hey guys I'm gonna play with my retainer. Honestly,
1: that sounds great, though. Yeah.
0: Well. um, Anyway, (laughs) as I've gotten older, (laughs) I've outgrown my retainer. You know.
1: Oh, I still have to wear my retainer. Okay. Well, (laughs) I have one—a permanent one—in my bottom teeth as well.
0: I love this episode so much. (laughs) Anyway, um, I think I've—I have started to understand that no matter how much I grind myself up against that. Person or that idea of them or like no matter how much I compare myself to someone, nothing is going to change. For sure. Like, so I think to our right, you know, to our listener who wrote in about this idea, um, I think the mental, uh, the, the head, the actual head and heart work that I've done to overcome insecurities about people's exes is one, accepting that there's literally nothing I can do about it because mm-hmm. it is in the past yep. and the past is untouchable. Yep, You can't do anything about it. You can't change it. As much as you want to be like, well, why did you date her? Why did you break up? Don't you want to be with someone so as awesome as she is? Yep. The reality is it's over. And this person is with you now, and you can self-sabotage, you can allow your insecurities to self-sabotage, or you can do that mental um, internal head and heart work to, to be really present and grateful for the relationship that you have.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think also in addition to that, like don't grind up against it, but also like know that people aren't paying that much attention to you.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> like, sure.
1: They're probably not actively being like, well, I saw G do this and previous girl did this. And I like that better. Like people aren't paying that much attention to what you're doing. Like, like we are so in tune with like everything that we're doing at all time and all of the multitude of reasons why we should be embarrassed with ourselves, right. but no one else is, is paying that totally. much attention to Nobody us. Nobody
0: remembers things. Nobody d- does like the list, you know, the, right. A list of comparison like people are not actively comparing you to the ex right um if anything they're just judging you if if you're a kind and present person yep um and if they can't see that if they can't see the energy or the good things that you're bringing to your relationship then that's on them absolutely and i think the one thing i want to add to about the idea of insecurity is that like people are probably insecure of you like mm-hmm. like i think again like how i think of myself is looking kind of childish and ill-disposed at a lot like (laughs) I'm just I often look like I'm like four minutes away from some sort of meltdown (laughs) um it's true (laughs) y'all yeah always a little bit I'm just kidding you always look very put together oh really is that real yeah that's wild to me see this is a perfect example of like how we see ourselves versus how other people see us I know, but I also had to learn like as I aged that like people were intimidated by me or people Mm -hmm. thought that I brought a per like a particular energy or power into a room that like i had no fucking clue that i was doing (laughs) you know um and so just like i guess one people can be insecure of us and maybe that gives us some tenderness or permits some tenderness and two like we don't have to compare ourselves to others in fact we can we can lift them up and be lifted up by that act if that makes sense like instead of thinking like oh my god she was so amazing look at me i'm terrible isn't it a good thing that your partner like liked somebody who wasn't a total trash bag true right
1: very good point like
0: i think about when my exes are dating my when my exes dated no when my significant others dated somebody who i was like why in the fuck <laughs> did you ever date them <laughs> That's actually more alarming and less comforting to me Yeah, than like them dating somebody who was like well-rounded and nice and somebody that I could relate to. Oh, for sure. And so then I'm like, oh, dang, like that didn't work out how lucky I am that I get to be with them now.
1: Yeah, because you can be like, oh, well, he only dates 10. So that means I must be a 10. <laughs>
0: or an 11, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Also just remembering that like everybody looks cooler than they actually are. For sure. Like so so to go to your 10 statement, like maybe she looks like a 10, but she's like, you know, she probably like smells like a 4 in the morning. <laughs> that the worst thing i've ever said
1: <laughs> no it's the i best. just think
0: that like the duality of the world is the, mo- it, the more you lean into the gray area of the world that nothing is black and white no person is perfect the happier you will be in your life
1: Oh, absolutely and yeah. i think that
0: goes to our live writer
1: in, live in that gray space between yeah. black and white
0: yeah that like you can think that your exes that your significant other's exes are cool and not have that hurt you yep how about that that's great that was a really roundabout <laughs> Vague fucking way that we answered that question, but I think it was a great check-in.
1: It was great. It was fantastic.
0: Are you ready to start the real episode 45 fucking minutes later? I'm so ready. Okay, cool. Letter number one. Ali Acevedo writes to us from Lincoln, Nebraska. Ali writes, My boyfriend and I have been dating for 10 months. While this relationship has been rewarding, it has been equally challenging. From the beginning, we have had issues with his friendship with a girl who lives in Europe. Over, the, uh, over a year, they have talked every day, all day. The intensity of this relationship makes me uncomfortable by itself. On top of this, in the past, I have found a screenshot of her selfies on his phone. He has sent her many packages and he, she has sent him packages. He also has a broken slash, he has broken slash bent promises in regards to her. For example, we came to the compromise that when we were together, he wouldn't Snapchat her. I know with any relationship you need trust, but most of our relationship, it has felt like he has had an emotional relationship with her. He continuously assures me this is only a friendship, and he has expressed that he is in disbelief that this is a continuous issue in our relationship. I've known he was going to Europe for some time, but he always told me that he wasn't going to be seeing her. Recently, he felt guilty because he, um, is leaving this week and told me that he spent $200 to get a train to go to her hometown so that they could spend the day together. Also, in his itinerary, I saw that he made the specification for that day that they were going to a, quote, fancy restaurant. Oh. Which, in my mind, makes it feel like they're going on a date. I'm crushed by his actions, and I don't know what to do at this point. Half of me wonders if this entire time I've been overreacting, and if this is just a friendship, but I can't deny the gnawing in my stomach that tells me this whole time there's been more to the story. I have no idea how to handle the situation. I love him, and I've seen the best of our relationship bring us so much joy, but when he told me he deceived and lied to me about seeing her, it was like the world came crumbling down. Mm. He told me he doesn't want this, quote, innocent trip to be what ends our relationship but i feel like this isn't one event rather the continuation of one another layer is everyone i tell this story to just wants me to leave and tell tells me i deserve better but it's so hard to want to leave when i feel it could just be all better if you didn't have any type of relationship with this girl trust me i don't want to be that girl but i'm out of solutions please help Mm -hmm. Ali, this is a fantastic letter. I'm sorry you're in this situation, but hopefully, Sam and I can give you some insight. First things first. It seems shady. <laughs> we don't. Um, we don't want to assume anything, but again, that's all we can do—is <laughs> <laughs> assume things. We can just assume, and and you know, I think we fall in the same camp as your friends that you've been telling this to, like. Homie Ali, friend of ours, our producer read this um letter before this episode and he rarely reads letters in advance and he was like, Oh yeah, that dude's lying <laughs> I and I don't mean to laugh at your pain, honey. Um, I really do feel you. And I f- more importantly, beyond all of this bullshit that he's like shoveling onto your plate, I relate to the idea that um, you're holding on to something um, because it's special to you. And yep. more importantly, because you see a future. You see the potential of the goodness of the thing. Yep. Um, and you don't want to let go because you see that goodness. Yep. Um. But it, it seems pretty shady to us.
1: It does. And it. You know, you say in your letter, you know, you feel like the relationship could work if only he didn't have this relationship with her. And it seems like so you've identified that as being the deal breaker in this. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like you can't make this relationship work if he's still in relationship with her and he is choosing to continue to be in relationship with her. So, like, it's OK for you to say, like, well, that was the w- that was where I drew the line in the sand and you can't meet me there. And you, so, like, you
0: crossed it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, you can't we can't do this anymore. Like, right. I think that that's a perfectly valid thing to yeah. to come to him with.
0: And I think... Even if
1: he's not cheating, because we don't know, but it
0: sounds right. like he is. <laughs> I think... But I think you're right, though, is that, like, you asked him very simple things, right? Also, Sam and I are not... Sam and I believe in co-ed friendships, right? Yep. Um, I am sitting in this room right now with two men that I'm very good friends with, yep. you know? And um, I believe in co-ed friendships. Friendships exist, but... This is an, extenu- an extenuating friendship that has required your boyfriend to lie about mm-hmm. quote unquote innocent things. And don't get me wrong, I have lied about innocent things in the past in unhealthy relationships to prevent um, any you know unhealthy reaction. Like I have done that. I have hidden innocent text messages because I was afraid of the response of my partner. Yep. Um, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not villainizing him immediately. However, something's going on yep. enough to the point where he feels like he cannot be completely transparent with you. And good friendships, good co-ed friendships exist. And I just, I want to push back on the idea of... um that this relationship could work if he didn't have a friendship with this girl. It's not that this relationship could work if he had a healthy relationship with this girl mm-hmm. and knew how to communicate and respect your boundaries.
1: Yeah. It's on exactly. him. It's not yeah. on the girl. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not what I was trying to imply. But oh
0: No, no, no. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think that's absolutely right. And I continue to have friendships with people that I have had past relationships with. Yeah. Um, But like the important thing is that like there's, does not interfere with my relationship with Peter, mm-hmm. which in a, is clearly happening here because yeah. he's constantly talking to her. Yeah. And it's just like, even if it was, even if it was a, a, like another person that what he, that you didn't think he was having a relationship with, like the fact that he's like continuing to like text someone all the time while you are like with him yeah, is like, is his... why is he paying attention to that person more than he's paying attention to you when you're together?
0: Yeah. What does his presentness look like? Like, right. what is he, if he can't, not be present with you it's it's not like you know we text each other constantly and like I'm on my phone a lot because of work or because it's fun Yep. but like I know how to put it away when I want to show someone that I love and respect them for sure and I think it comes down to that right yeah and he's like, not
1: he's not doing that whether
0: he's being shady or not it, it sounds like he's not respecting some pretty simple um, guidelines that you want from him absolutely yeah so what would you do Sam
1: oh I would break up with him for sure <laughs>
0: Uh, it's just Sam, like the whole for the jugular
1: <laughs> the whole thing i mean it sounds like here's here's my issue it sounds like he's cheating and it sounds like he's doing a really bad job at it yeah yeah it's like not that's even what's doing frustrating a good to me because it's like like not only is this like this relationship seems like it's more than it is but it's also like he's not being very subtle about it like yeah. it's very clear that he yeah. Is not like he might not be having a physical relationship with her, but like he is spending more time and energy on that relationship with his friend in Europe than he is on your relationship. Yeah, and
0: you know what, Ali? Maybe you just say, "Hey, it seems like you might have feelings for this friend. Maybe that's not true, but your actions show me that this person is important to you, and so maybe you need the freedom to explore it. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll let you have that freedom, Mm -hmm. or you can say." Honey, what is it about this person that's 2,000 miles away from you? Is, is Europe 2,000 miles away? <laughs> What's the math I think on that it's one? It's more? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is appealing about this person who's 30 billion miles away? Too much. Too it's much? Too far. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just, okay. What honey, sweetheart, boyfriend of allies, what is so appealing about somebody who is accessible at any time you want via text message but never in person? Mm-hmm. Like to me it sounds like some, it's re- it's really easy to romanticize somebody who's far away. Yep. And so I would ask him like what are you missing from your present life that's making you invest so much energy into this person who who's not going to be there for you? Yep. If you need you, if 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 you need them. Like Mm -hmm. she can't, she's, she's far away. She's 38 billion light years away.
1: For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, I think it needs to, also, you need to be able to express that those mistrusts in a way that he can respond to and understand too. It's just clear
0: that you don't trust him. And and that's, that's whether he was going to Europe or not, that's a, that's a foundation of a relationship.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that that's why it seems shady.
0: Yeah. So this is maybe less advice, Ali, and more like us giving you our big sister, big brother. Um, you deserve better speech. Yep. Yeah. And, and we're sorry um, that you're in this position. It's a hard decision to make. And um, whatever you choose to do, we hope you do it um, while respecting your own standards and respecting um, what you deserve in a relationship. Absolutely. We love you, Ali. We love you.
1: Uh, Tori writes, uh, they are running from the void. Uh, They write, Hi, I am a 21-year-old college student, and I have been trying to find love for the past three years.
0: Hmm.
1: One thing you need to know about me is that I'm blind and either use my cane or my guide dog to get around independently. I have some intense uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD stuff as well. I've been out on a few dates before, but it never led to anything real. I'm always worried I'm destined to be alone because of my disability. I know I'm young, but I'm finally at a place with my mental health that I want to get out there. Hmm. i have I have some dating apps I use, but I was always but I always run into the issue of how slash when to tell people that I am disabled. I've met up with girls without telling them, and that's always uncomfortable. But I've also told them on the apps, and it scares them away. I just don't know what to do. I don't want to feel broken, but it's hard not to when you drive people away before you can even get to know them. Hmm. Am I deserving of love? How do I get past the whole blind block? Love you both. Sorry, this is such a downer.
0: Oh, Tori, this is not a downer at all. I think this letter is really brave and sweet, mm-hmm. and um and real. Like, uh, we feel honored to answer it. Uh, we want to acknowledge that this is not our lived experience. Yep. Um. So you are an expert in your own experience. We're just going to give you um the best advice we can as Absolutely. um. Friends and allies for you. Um, what a wonderful letter, though. And I don't care how old you are; you deserve to to look for love. You, oh, you say that you're young, but um, everybody deserves to love and companionship, and and at any time in their life. First things first: Do you deserve love, Tori? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. You deserve love. You have done nothing that um, positions you uh, in a place in the world that that makes you. Um, unable to be loved either.
1: Absolutely. And we
0: want to start with that, and I think we're probably going to finish with it, too. Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, But I <laughs> I will say, because I love to say this, yeah. uh, it's the Hunger Games on those dating apps. It's, yeah. It is constant rejection yeah. on those dating apps. And so, like, when I was on them... Um, and dealing with depression and anxiety and all of that and my own sort of feelings of self-worth. Yeah. Like being on those apps and having people reject me day after day after Mm. day just like proved to me that I was unworthy. Oh, dang. And so like, I love that they exist and I think that they can be super helpful for like getting to know people and getting to meet them. But you have to figure out how you can be on them and not take the rejection that you will constantly get from people who are judging you based on superficial things and take that to heart
0: yeah dang that's really real i didn't think about how like putting yourself out there well i guess this is obvious but putting yourself out there is putting yourself out there um to receive more rejection Mm -hmm. um but maybe that's not my experience with dating apps because i just constantly settle for the first piece of shit (laughs) that gives me attention (laughs)
1: Ooh, that is real. So
0: it's not so much like uh, rejection, but like a deep self-loathing settling.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Just
0: kidding. Am I?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Let's we'll talk about this offline. Tori,
0: back to you. Um, yeah. So I think that, um, like Sam said, um, dating apps are toxic and difficult to begin with um and i think that in your situation i think it might add an extra layer of um invisibility or inaccessibility um and we mm. feel for you in that situation absolutely
1: um and so maybe the question is like are there places where you can get involved where you can meet other people in person
0: mm.
1: or is there a club uh that you want to that you could be a part of is there a political campaign you want to work on who's smart like something that will get you in touch with a bunch of people that you haven't met before where you can maybe make some some connections like peter and all of his friends became friends because they worked on the obama campaign Aww. like that's in 20 in 2008 like that's how they all came together and from that like that is how like i met people i met peter through people who had worked on that campaign yeah. like it was because they were able to come together and like get to know each other and and have sort of a shared interest um that a lot of different relationships have come out of that
0: yeah totally Um, But we also do, like last episode, we talked about how to meet people and how meeting people is so fucking difficult, either on dating apps or in these community events that you're talking about, which I I think is a great idea. But it requires a certain level of like vulnerability and Mm -hmm. openness, you know, because like I hate strangers. (laughs) Um, But so we do want to like shift back to the dating apps, I think, because you ask yep. specifically about divulging, um, about being blind on uh, the dating app. Um, and to be honest, Tori, uh, because this isn't our lived experience, Sam and I did some research beforehand. We just yep. read some, um, articles by people, uh, who had written personal narratives and things like that. And I think the one that I felt most akin to, or the one that I think I aligned with most, mm-hmm. um, holistically was somebody wrote about their experience dating, while blind and they said that they don't like to divulge it right away because as you wrote it can turn some people off, some bigoted piece of shit people. So sure. great. You don't want those people anyway. Yep. <laughs> um but that they make sure to make a point to tell the people before they meet up in person. Um because then it it allows your potential date the opportunity to prepare for an experience that they've never had before. Yep. Um, and then it, it gives them a moment to react in a way that is responsible and heartfelt and real.
1: Yep, for sure. Because I think that we need to assume that most folks on the dating apps have not been on a date with a person who's blind before, right? And so just providing them the space to figure out sort of like, what does that mean? How can I show up in a way that like is positive, um, I think is important, to just give them the, the yeah. time and space to do that. Because if you divulge while they're there, you know, that can feel um, like on the date that could feel like, oh, I people don't have the space to react in the way that feels best to them. Yeah.
0: And it might sound that Sam and I are advocating for the people that you go on dates with. It's kind of the opposite. We're like, we want them to have an opportunity to to respond like good fucking human beings right exactly and i believe that those good people are out there but also you have this really great ingrained um way of weeding out little fuck bags that like you shouldn't (laughs) date anyway who don't deserve your attention and the quality um of you as a person like that they don't deserve to get to know you for sure um and we so we believe that you should maybe put insert it into conversation once you get to know this person via messages or um, yep. whatever. Okay, Cupid, what do they do now? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know.
1: I'm not on this.
0: <laughs> I should do like I should let just break up listeners make my okay Cupid account.
1: Yes, you should. Spencer is shaking his head so <laughs> vehemently. No, shaking it. No. So we've
0: got a disagreement in the studio right now. Um, uh, we should
1: absolutely do that.
0: But uh, anyway, Tori, we just we 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 want to put that just tiny piece of advice there that we do think that you dis- should disclose it beforehand. Absolutely. Um, however, do what you what seems best for you. What feels safe. Yep. And what feels um, autonomous and authentic. For sure. Um,
1: and I just want to say that, like, we we think that we would love to see us in a world where that, where it doesn't matter right. where like you can just go on a date and there's nothing that happened. Like no one is like shocked or like uncomfortable. Right. Unfortunately we live in an ableist society. Right. right? Um, and so that's just the reality that we have to move through uh, as we figure out sort of how we, how you disclose your blindness to folks right. that you're going on potential right. date with. We would love it if you didn't have to talk, like you didn't have to, like disclose at all it could just be something that comes up organically or naturally in the course of the conversation but um just recognizing that that folks um that we live in a society that that values people who are um able-bodied over people who have different abilities Mm -hmm. like that's just the reality of the society that we live in
0: yeah and whenever we use the word disclosed I always think about um like I think my Internal editor like flinches a little yep. because it feels like it's, you know, we disclose secrets mm-hmm. or we disclose um, uh, things that we might hide from ourselves. Like, yep. I need to disclose this to you. I need to tell you this up front. I need yep. to come clean or whatever, as though you sure. were dirty. Right? right. And I think Sam and I really want to stress um, that that is not the mind frame that we're coming from. Um, but instead, in our last episode, we talked about, I think Olivia Gatwood, our, our special guest, talked about how. Uh, it's important for people in the dating sphere to bring things that are important to them to the forefront mm. um, so that mm-hmm. we give our partners an opportunity to meet us where we're at. Yep. Olivia used the example of um, if you have a religion that is particularly important to you, it's very important that, say, on my first day, I say, hey, I'm a Christian. It's important to me. This is an important part of my identity. I hope you can meet me where I'm at. Yep. And in the letter that Olivia was responding to, the person who wrote in talked about having an aversion to sex with men um, and and talking about her intimacy problems. And we suggested that it's really important to bring that to the forefront, not to make her feel um, shamed or put on the spot, but to say to her partner, "This is important to me. This is mm-hmm. something that I'm dealing with, or this is something that I want you to know, understand, and respect about me." Yep. So we mean disclose in that way, in that this is a this is an important part of your identity. It yep. makes you who you are. Um, it affects the way you move throughout the world, yep. and it affects the way people treat you because, as Sam said, we live in an ableist society. Yep. Um, and so. Yeah, we we don't mean disclosed in like a dirty secret way. You're nothing to be ashamed of. You're nothing to hide from people. Sure, You are whole and worthy and unbroken just as you are right now.
1: Absolutely. And I just wanna, you know, just because we live in an ableist society, it doesn't mean that people with different abilities are broken. Just like how we live in a society, in a misogynist society as well. But that doesn't mean that all women are broken either, Right. right? It means the system itself is broken. And so when you ask, are you worthy of love? absolutely you are worthy and deserving of love it's just a shitty system that is sometimes getting in the way of that and right. and that really really sucks um and so we're just hopeful that we can can have a conversation with you make you or help you to know that you are worthy of love and, and deserving of love and offer our sort of advice on and how we might move in the situation where we in your shoes
0: yeah and i think now, in this episode, I'd just like to big you up and tell you that you're fine and sexy yeah. and deserving of like having someone buy you fucking dinner, or maybe you want to buy them dinner, mm-hmm. or like maybe you want like a nice little, you know, back rub at like in front of a fire pit, yeah, fire, a fire, pit, a fireplace <laughs> inside on some sort of like ethically killed bearskin rung. Absolutely,
1: yeah, you deserve all of that
0: <laughs> for <First laughs> whatever of all, you want ethically killed bear skin rug <laughs> doesn't exist <laughs> however the so bear the died world. naturally
1: in the woods yes and then, and then somebody... your father came and found <laughs> it
0: <laughs> yeah my dad is a taxidermist um but anyway tori we just want to be your homies right now like uh um this is obviously not our lived experience you probably know all this 10 times more than we do yeah. um you know the impacts of living in an ableist society um but uh we feel for you like absolutely the dating world is the fucking hunger games. It and is. um uh, we just want to make you feel fine and Absolutely. and and desired and sexy and confident enough to put yourself out there right. and to know that when there's like bigoted assholes out there who are unable to give you a chance because they um they don't know how to be open and vulnerable to people who have a different lived experience than them um then we want you to know that you have two strangers across the country who really fuck with you and who really value you (laughs) and who will get into some sort of altercation you know online (laughs) like send me their twitter accounts. yeah on behalf
1: let's not promise to do that, but okay, yeah, <laughs> well,
0: I can you're never on Twitter, Sam, right, yeah, no, so it's hard out there, like it's it
1: is hard to be looking for love, and i we just want you to not get discouraged by that and just know that 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 good love is out there, that you are deserving of it, that you will find it, and in the meantime, like all of us, you're gonna have to deal with stupid assholes that get in the way of it,
0: yeah, totally, I think that's perfect, <laughs> I think that's perfect, uh, we believe in you, Tori, and we hope you um. We hope you find love soon.
1: Absolutely. We love you. We love you.
0: All right. Up next, we have a letter from Christian who is writing to us from the void. Christian writes, I'm a 21 year old male college student and I recently got out of a heterosexual relationship. This breakup was especially rough for me because honestly, it was the first time I ever felt in love with a woman. The relationship was fine for a while, but things quickly spun out of control. We went to different campuses that were less than two hours apart, so we made time to see each other every other weekend. It started when one visit consisted of her ignoring me and constantly staring and laughing at her phone. She never said anything until I returned home, and then she said, like, I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me. You still mean the world to me. I love you. That was her text message. That was my text voice. (laughs) This pattern continued for over a month. Then things kept getting worse. She went dark and didn't speak to me at all for days at a time. She withheld all kinds of intimacy from me and made me feel guilty for attempting intimacy. Mm -hmm. In those moments, I did my best to be respectful of her physical needs. I knew I didn't want to be the 80s jock that would be like, come on, show me your tits. (laughs) But both of our love languages were physical, so it just didn't seem right. I never felt so unattractive and unwanted in my life. It broke my heart before she even dumped me. I would ask her if everything was all right and if we needed to talk about something, but she would say no, and then she just had a lot going on. I honestly don't know why I put up with this or stuck around, but I did. I felt like maybe I could bring back the passion and love that we used to have, but it never came back. Eventually, she broke up with me. Um, and she constantly lied about the reasons. First, she said that she had too much going on. And then she said that we never hung out as friends before we dated. And then she said things went too fast, even though we agreed to take it slow in the beginning. Then she hit me with one of the worst things anyone has ever said to me. She said that she believed that God didn't want us to be together. As mm-hmm. a religious person, I found this uh, found it unbelievable that someone would use their deity as an excuse to seem like the good guy during a breakup. I knew it wouldn't solve anything by exploding, so I was honest and said, I love you, and all I want is your happiness. If me being out of your life is the way you can be happy, then so be it. My Mm -hmm. main theory for the breakup was that she was cheating on me and that she got tired of keeping me around, but I had no physical evidence to back that up, so I just took the breakup and attempted to move on. Fast forward a few months later, and I'm doing better. I took time to work on myself, and that seemed like the best, Best path to take. But just as I felt like I had moved on, I heard through the grapevine that this girl was in fact cheating on me during the last 3 months together. Mm. Hearing this news brought back all of the heartbreak from before. I again felt like an unwanted idiot. It didn't help my mm. trust restraint or my insecurities about how I look. I didn't know where to go from there. I'm a nurturer at heart, but I also I'm also extremely upset with her about the situation and would love to fucking curse her out. My question for you is, how do you seek closure from an extremely toxic relationship that involves cheating? Mm-hmm. I don't know whether to confront her or and ask how she could be so cruel or just block, block, block and try to avoid her till this passes from me.
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: Ugh. That. This letter is so painful for me. Yeah. Um, Christian, I'm so sorry that this happened. Um, I think it breaks my heart to 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 hear you write about feeling... Unwanted and undesired, mm-hmm. and being a nurturer and and holding on and and making space for what you thought was her growth. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, people can be really cruel.
1: They really can. Yeah. They can cheat on you for months after or during the end of your relationship and ghost you and then tell you that God.
0: That's <laughs> doesn't fucked up. Want man. you to be together. That's fucked up. And yeah. let me. Like I'll say this with some empathy to your ex only because I know what it's like to be a break a broken and an afraid person. Yep. But your ex is an is a broken and afraid person. She's she is unable to tell you exactly what she needs. She's mm-hmm. unable to be honest with you and the people around her. And yep. she's doing that because she doesn't know how to tell people things they don't want to hear. Absolutely. And and that's a sign of her brokenness, not yours. Yep. And um, I just want to start out the gate by saying you are desired, Mm. you are attractive, Mm. you are a good lover, you're a good partner. Like people want to be around you and receive love from you. People want to be taking care of you. And one day you'll meet somebody who not only lets you take care of them, but reciprocates that care. Absolutely. Um, I I just know what that feels like. And that's a fucking terrible feeling. And I'm sorry. It is. But guess what? Now you're free from that woman. Oh, I absolutely. want to call her a B, but I don't call women a B word.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you're free from her. That's fantastic. You now have the opportunity to, you don't have to put so much time and energy into something that isn't working, right? You yeah. can put time and energy into yourself. You can put time and energy into finding a new partner. You have the ability now because... She has finally actually told you what she meant. Well, she didn't tell him. Well, she didn't. You have finally figured out why she was being so awful. Right. um, That you can just say, like, great. Now I'm just glad that that is done.
0: Yeah. You know what sucks about it, though, is that he has to do all of the mental labor for her. Yeah. Right. Like, that's the reality, Christian, is that now you have to unpack the last three months of your relationship by yourself, which is what you should have been doing with your partner but she couldn't show up for you oh, she absolutely. ditched you she what's it like doorbell ditch
1: <laughs> ding dong ditch
0: yeah she ding dong ditched you
1: <laughs> yeah she yeah absolutely you thought that she was there and then you opened the door and she was like peace she's like hiding in a shrub somewhere with another man
0: yeah totally
1: I also just want to say you know you asked if you, you you feel like an unwanted idiot and I just want to say that um being a trusting person doesn't make you an idiot
0: yes
1: I think uh, that we particularly tell men that like building trust with people makes them dumb or weak or losers, right. like our president likes to say, Yeah, um, but it doesn't. It makes you a good person. It makes you able to move in the world with vulnerability, which is what we ask of people to do. Right. And it's, it begins to dismantle some of the toxic masculinity that right. men and women and people of all genders um, are constantly being hurt by.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So like, keep trusting, keep Absolutely. doing that. That's... Don't
0: let this close your heart because Absolutely. you have a beautiful, loving, nurturing heart um, that deserves to be nurtured in turn. Um, Sam, have you ever found out things about your relationship after, like post breakup? Because this, I, I also think Christian is writing about a very particular heartbreak. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because I, I just think you're, you feel like your hands are so tied.
1: I don't think that I have.
0: Oh god, I hate you. No. <laughs> Sam's like I've never no, broken up with anyone.
1: We when, I, when my relationships are done, I like am done with them.
0: Yeah. Like so I don't you think don't about know. them. I don't. Yeah. Um, let me think. I know that it's happened to me before. Um I know that I've found out things post relationship. I just can't I don't I either can't remember them or I've suppressed them into the <laughs> dark pits of my memory. Um, But I know that feeling, Christian, it's just awful because you feel stupid. Yep. You feel on blast. Like you feel like everybody knew except for you. Um, It feels like a waste. Like we've thought a lot about like we've talked a lot about wasted energy. Yep. Um, Yeah, it's horrible.
1: For sure. And you it also denies you of your the ability to tell your relationship in your own words, too. Right. Yes. Yes. like your friend, you're finding out through the grapevine that she had been cheating on you, which means that your friends are telling a story of your relationship that you aren't privy that you to. you don't
0: even have access to. Totally. Like
1: that is That's frustrating and like that can drive you insane for sure.
0: Yeah. Would well, would you like cuss her out, Sam? Like if this was your partner?
1: I would not. Um, because I don't think that that is healthy for anyone in this. Um, yeah. I think that, again, like going back to toxic masculinity, like I think that that is what what tos- toxic masculinity would have us do. Like, yeah. Go on the offense. Don't like we're hurt. So we attack. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that that's going to be healthy for you. And also, like, it's not going to be a good situation for you to be yelling at your ex. Like, yeah. just like in terms of
0: everything, everything, right. like your
1: relationships with your friends, like it's just not going to work out well for you to go and, and start yelling.
0: Yeah. And me, on the other hand, <laughs> <clears throat> I would get a bucket of gasoline and <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, Christian, I think that I echo Sam's sentiments to an extent. Mm-hmm. I would say that I'm a communicator until the day I die. Like sure. I need to say things, Yep. but I have learned Christian that um the biggest lesson I've learned in my life is not how to articulate my thoughts, but instead to curate my expectation from other people that mm-hmm. like people won't give me the affirmation or closure for sure. If I ju- just, because I articulate them perf- to my feelings to them perfectly, yep. doesn't mean that person is going, anything is going to come of it basically. For sure. So what I'm saying is if you feel like, you know, it, If this person was important to you, if this person had a profound effect on your life um, and you feel the great need to at least say to them, um, I know what happened. I know why you left me. Mm -hmm. I understand now Um, you have to be able. I would just say for the sake of the general good of the world, I would say write a letter. That, you know, one. She can never hold against you. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. not cruel or pointed yep. or, or resentful. Um, so you're going to write an honest letter that is as about as neutral as you can write in your soul. Yep. <laughs> um, but two, a letter that you can send knowing that she will never respond. Yes. And she might respond, but you need to know that 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 your articulation is solely for you and your healing.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what my concern about the cussing out is, is that like you're you. I would want to cuss someone out to get them to either be angry at me or to be sad.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And like, that's not what the point of this is.
0: And this girl doesn't sound like she has the capacity to be either other than like making herself a victim.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Which we do to protect ourselves.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think to be able to articulate to her how this made you feel, I think, is going to be important. And not in like, I can't believe you did this. You did this. And here it's the receipts for all of this. But instead say, like, this is what happened. I know that this is and this is how I'm feeling about it. And I just want you to know that this is what this is how I'm feeling. This is the
0: impact of your actions on me.
1: And that's it. And it's not like there's no holding her accountable for what she did. There's no demands of, Mm -hmm. of. Right. It's just. Here's how this made me feel. I think you need to know this. And then that's that's it.
0: I'll tell you a little story from my life that has little to do with this. Great. I love it. (laughs) Um, But it'll make sense. Um, My father, several years ago, maybe seven years ago, my dad was in a motorcycle accident. Mm -hmm. First time he ever rode a motorcycle in his life. And I know, I know. He's such a cutie. And he got into an accident and he broke his hip in two places. And I was a lot younger than... Honestly, maybe it was like eight years ago or so. And I was younger and I and I didn't have the financial freedom to buy a ticket and go out to see him. But mm-hmm. I also didn't make it a priority. Um, my dad was bedridden for um, like three months after this because he broke his hip in two places. And um, I was so we're very close and I was super concerned about him. But I never made it a priority to go out and visit him. Mm-hmm. And months later, my dad in a conversation with me on the phone He said, Sierra, I love you. And because I love you, I want you to know how I feel. Mm -hmm. It hurt my feelings that you didn't come out to see me. And you can't do anything about that now. You can't change it. Um, I don't hold this against you. I just want you to know because I love you and I want you to know me. And I remember being really profoundly changed by that. That Mm -hmm. it wasn't, he didn't need, he didn't need anything from me. Yep. He didn't need my guilt or my apologies. Right. He didn't need me to go back through time and change things. I didn't get defensive and say, well, I was broke, whatever. Um, he just wanted me to know him. He just didn't want to keep it from me. Yep. Um, and I th- I felt like that was like a profound act of respect that he it wasn't like he was being a dick and and trying. He, he didn't resent me for it. It's just that he wanted me to know that that was his experience. And yep. I respected him for that. I respected that he. Brought it to me in such a loving way. Absolutely. And totally different circumstances, Christian. But I think that there is a way for if you want to say these things, if you feel like it would bring you some empowerment by articulating these things, I think there is a way for you to approach this person. Absolutely. In a way that is respectful to you, your feelings and the reality that you're never going to get what you want from her. Yep.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's just the most important thing to remember is that you're never going to get what you want from her, which is that she never did this. She was better to you or that she feels guilty or whatever. You're not going to get that from her. Right. right? And and so the the purpose of the letter needs to be about you and your feelings and not about your expectations of her.
0: Right. Um, I think I just want to end with one of my favorite quotes um, about uh, the idea of resentment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think healing from cheating or any breakup really, yep. anytime somebody rejects you, but particularly the type of heartbreak that you you grind against the reality of, like you fight, you know, like you'll you'll think of a thousand ways, Christian, that this didn't happen, but yep. the reality is it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with you holding this against her. For a while, I'm okay with you hurting. I'm okay with you not wanting to speak with her. I'm okay with, like, do the hashtag block, 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 again. Tell your friends you don't want to be in the same space as her. Like, take care of yourself. But I will say that healing over heartbreak is a mental act. Mm-hmm. Like, it is giving yourself—it It is. It comes from the heart, but it is a product of mental work. Yep. Of choosing that I'm going to recognize that this was while it was a happy relationship at the time that I put a lot of energy into, this was an unspace, uh, an unsafe space, an unfruitful relationship and one that I am better now because I'm out of.
1: Yes. Right. Absolutely.
0: And uh, the quote that I really love is um, uh, Maliki McCourt. Great name. Once said, resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Mm. So resentment is taking a little bit of poison every day and, and waiting for that person to die. And, and you can hold this against her. You can hold her accountable. Um, but what we want you to focus on is bolstering that inner love, that inner confidence, the idea that you are desirable, wanted, whole right now. Absolutely. Yeah. We love you, Christian.
1: We love you. Thanks for writing. All right, our last letter of the episode comes from Jamie, who is writing us from West Virginia. Jamie writes, Okay, so it's a lot, but whatever. (laughs) I met this guy when we were both 20, and we pretty much instantly started sleeping together. We went to different universities an hour away, and I was a virgin. He was not. Anyway, we started hooking up over the summer, but didn't see each other often because I had a time-consuming internship, and he was taking courses over the break. Fast forward to the fall, and I found out through totally random mutual friends that he has a girlfriend. He denies this to me, but everyone is telling me they've been together for a while. We stop seeing each other. They break up. He comes back. I went ahead and slept with his best friend and frat brother for revenge, which was (laughs) dumb. (laughs) Oh, honey. (laughs) The cycle of hurting each other but coming back has continued for a while, like four years. Now we're both 24. We've been in and out of one another's lives, dated other people, but always circle back around to each other. It's toxic and it's bullshit. How do I get out of this loop I'm stuck in? Or does it mean we're like tethered to one another and maybe soulmates in some weird cosmic fucked up way? <laughs> Help.
0: Oh, I love that letter.
1: Oh, good job, Jamie.
0: <laughs> first things first.
1: We've probably read that letter like to each other in preparation for this like six times and totally. every time we're like
0: what yeah, when we, we get to the it. part
1: about you sleeping with his best friend and fr- <laughs> <For> brother <revenge.
0: laughs> uh, been there
1: for sure Let's but haven't
0: f- <laughs> i don't know if i've ever revenge fuck someone maybe i to have myself. Not, but i have
1: been the vic- victim that's i don't know if victim's the right word dramatic <laughs> i've been the survivor of a revenge fuck
0: like somebody had sex with you for revenge on their partner no, or somebody
1: had sex with someone as like to on revenge for me cuz I broke up with them and then they had sex with someone who I was very interested in.
0: <gasps> oh. Yeah. Scandal. It was. Um okay, anyway, Jamie, <laughs> um this letter is epic and we adore <laughs> you and the first thing we want to say is I don't think you're soulmates. Yeah,
1: no, you're definitely not and I'm gonna, soulmates.
0: I'm, I'm going to put myself on blast right now. Um, for those of you who found the podcast because you are a fan of my poetry, I have a poem called "On um, Watching Someone You Love, Love Somebody Else. Mm-hmm. The short title is Unrequited, and it's all about being in love with one of my best friends for a long time. And the li- there's a line in this poem Uh-oh. that says... I know, I'm putting myself <laughs> on blast right now. The line says... Someone told you once that a soulmate is not the person who makes you the happiest, but the one who makes you feel the most. Mm. And I think it's I think it's a good line. Yeah, way to go. Like the poem is good. <laughs> but as I age. Best I, poem I've ever heard. Shut up.
1: No, that's not true. It's Mrs. Dahmer. Clearly. <laughs> you
0: love that. Um, the best poem you've ever heard is going to be the poem you hear on Saturday.
1: Yeah. When oh, it my gets God. Written. Oh, my God.
0: I can't handle that pressure. Ooh. Um, Okay, anyway, Jamie, I'm sorry. We're super scatterbrained right now. Uh, I actually... My sister told me that once, that, like, she believed that soulmates are the people who make you feel the most, not the person who makes you the happiest. Um, But I actually fucking disagree with that now, that I'm older and I understand what, I don't know, stability looks like (laughs) or, like, not emotional manipulation. Uh, You're not fucking soulmates because if you were soulmates, you would get this shit right at least after the fifth time. Oh, absolutely. And... I think why I sound so passionate right now (laughs) is because I have spent a lot of time of my life, in my life, um, thinking about the, well, when we get to this, when it becomes... when we are in a relationship, it's going to be better. When he stops talking to this girl, it's going to be better. Ooh. When he starts paying more attention to me, it's going to be better. Yep. When she gets a new job, it's going to be better. You know, if she just stops being such a cranky bitch, it'll be better. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, um, I have I all of my partners. I feel like all of the unhealthy ones I held on to for too long mm-hmm. because I thought about the potential, not the reality. For sure. And it sounds like you have kept this person in your life, more importantly, close to your heart mm-hmm. for a minute now. And that person might be taking up space for someone who would actually stick around.
1: Absolutely, and it's it's not that you're. The issue here is that like you now have this codependent relationship where you are both giving or you are both receiving from the other exactly what you think you deserve. Yeah, which is like you think that you deserve this asshole who is, like, really fucking you over all the time. Um, and that's why you keep going back, because you're like, well, this is what I deserve. Like, this is, he is my soulmate. Like, the 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 stars the are narrative. telling me yeah. that this man is, I am tethered to him in some way, when in reality, you're not. There's nothing tethering you to him.
0: Right. And it's also like you've you've put a lot of time and energy into it now. You don't want to leave that. You don't want all of this for to be for nothing. Yep. You don't want the time that he cheated on you to be for nothing. He, yep. You don't want all of the time you spent questioning your um, worth or your place in his life to be for nothing. You yep. want it to be this big payoff. And I think rom coms teach us that. Like, mm. um, you know, romantic movies and novels and the general romanticization of fucking unavailable, you know, men yep. <laughs> teaches us that if we just put enough work in, then suddenly they will be fixed and right. they will love us. Oh, for sure. And that's not true.
1: That is not true. <laughs> and I can tell you, I was in a very similar situation to this. And then I dated him for two years because like that was, that was what led up to us dating. Yeah. And I can tell you that it wasn't a great relationship once it happened. Either. Yeah, 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 like yeah. The, the things that were happening before the relationship were still things that were happening in the relationship. And, yeah. and then like it all just fell apart. So like, the, the red flags that are happening here and now are still red flags, even if you're dating each so other. So
0: real. So accurate. Um, Like, give yourself the privilege and opportunity to take stock of what's happened over the past four or five years. Yep. And give yourself the gift of saying, oh, dang, like, I deserve better than this. I just yep. deserve better than this. For sure. Um, That this person might be fun in my life you might have great sex he might make you feel really intense feelings yep but guess what there are people out there who will do that for you and who won't treat you like garbage who will absolutely. make you a priority absolutely um and i know what it's like to be obsessed with somebody to be not obsessed i don't mean that to in a trivializing way but to yep. but to hold their affection to such high um standard or like not standards um to hold them on a pedestal essentially yep. and allow that pedestal to justify all the shitty behavior oh for sure yeah and i
1: also i mean i think i think in situations like these when it's just that person that we keep coming back to over and over again it is almost like an addiction
0: totally totally
1: and i think about um utilizing like conversations about addiction in in talking about this so like there's this book out there it's called alan carr's easy way to quit smoking and i read it and i quit smoking Yes. (laughs) Um, but and he talks about how like when you're smoking you're just chasing that nicotine high that is getting further and further away every single time because mm-hmm. um, and so like when you are smoking that is the, you are in withdrawal all the time and so when you smoke you're just returning to a place of comfort because you're in constant discomfort while you are craving cigarettes and I think in the same way this might be happening too like mm-hmm. you are uh, you are going after that high of like when it's really good and crazy and awesome and then just justifying going back because you are um, hurting so much in the in-between. But there's a space outside of that, which is like what the book is about. Like you don't have to be in that cycle of dependency and then getting what you need. Like mm. you can exist outside of that circle and you feel better because you are just like you even keel all the time. <laughs> and yeah. when you are like looking to smoke or if you are looking to get with the guy, you're just looking for the level that everyone else is at all the yeah, time because totally. they are not – addicted to this bad thing
0: yeah yeah so quit this shit girl <laughs> like quit this dude Yeah. give yourself opportunity to like breathe with clean and clear lungs and sure. recognize um uh the level of love and affection and compatibility that you deserve all the time absolutely it, it shouldn't have to be so on and off
1: absolutely and like quit it like quit it don't be like, Block, oh, I'm,
0: block, I, right. block, 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 block.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you need to quit it. You can't be like, oh, I'm not going to see him. And then, like, know that in, like, two months you're going to, like, text him and it's going to be, like, this amazing thing. Right? It's got to right. be like, no, I'm quitting. I am done. He's out of my life. He, I don't have his number anymore. He's blocked in my phone. He's blocked on all of those things. Because otherwise you're just going to keep the cycle of, like, highs and lows.
0: <laughs> Literally, after the last episode, Sam and I were driving home and I was, like, asking him about him and if he was truly blocked on everything and sam was like yeah he's blacked on my phone on my uh instagram on all my social medias his emails go to my spam box um uh he just listed off all these things and then he was like he might be able to contact me on linkedin (laughs) but probably not i probably blocked him (laughs) it was epic and gorgeous i love you so much um anyway jamie uh yeah we just want we want to help uh, sorry if we were vague yeah, that was a but lot like, of like
1: like tough love yeah and I apologize for that yeah
0: but what I think what we're trying to accomplish was is, is we're trying to like shake the fog yeah like shake the um the the weird obsession fog away from you and absolutely. show you that like man five years of your life like it's time to f- meet somebody else absolutely he's taking up space um that someone else could inhabit
1: mm, absolutely yeah yeah and I'm you are Again, you are worthy of better things than this. You totally. are worthy of someone who won't cheat on you. You are worthy and deserving of of a relationship that is sustainable and healthy and that isn't just a sugar rush every time you're together and right. then the depths of despair when you get when you depart.
0: Right. Totally. Hope this helps, Jamie.
1: Absolutely. We love you.
0: We love you so much. All right, that wraps up episode 12. At the end of every episode, we like to offer you what we call our blind date. In which we give you something that we want to send you home with. Today, we want to set you up with...
1: Uh, The Daily, which is the podcast, the Daily Podcast from the New York Times. You
0: are such a liberal nerd. (laughs) It's
1: hosted by Michael Barbaro, who has a very distinct way of talking, which I like to make fun of. What's that last (laughs) name again? Barbaro. 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 It's great. It's about... 25 to 30 minutes every day and it dives into something that is happening in the news. Um, And I started listening when I was listening to like NPR in the mornings and it just beat like the weight of everything, like 18 different news stories coming at you, all of which have like implications and awfulness. Um, The weight of that just got to be too much for me. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about the daily is that it is 25 to 30 minutes on a specific topic. So you get all of the context that you need uh to be able to be like, oh, okay, like I feel like I can fully wrap my mind around this and yeah. understand enough of it to feel comfortable.
0: Yeah, you actually suggested this podcast to me one day when I was like, oh, I just feel so overwhelmed by the news cycle. Not only do I feel overwhelmed, but I felt stupid yeah. that I didn't always know what was going on. Um, and I really love listening to the the Daily every morning because, again, it's quick. I listen to it while I'm walking my dog. um, But it's really well-informed, well-researched. And it just brings you up to date on certain things that are going on in the world right now. It's really accessible. And and it honestly just makes my day a little fuller.
1: Yep. And sometimes it's like, this is happening today. And we're going to talk about this thing that's happening right now. And sometimes it's like, uh, this is something that's sort of been on the periphery for a while that we want to look at. So it's not. It's not always like Trump tweeted this and like right. children are being separated from their families, but instead like we're going to talk about those things and hold space for them and we're also going to talk about things that you might be concerned about that are that are outside right. of that day-to-day sort of cacophony of madness that is our political system right now. Totally. Great. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the episode. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com.
1: Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. This helps us keep the mics on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If podcast. And remember, it is okay to let other people take care of themselves. It's okay to prioritize your own healing, your own act of protest against all of the things in the world that try to oppress us. If somebody is toxic and broken to you, It doesn't mean that you are broken. If someone is unable to love you or doesn't desire you, it doesn't mean that you are undesirable. I promise there is good, true love out there, and I can't wait to celebrate it with Sam this weekend. Um, I promise you that there are people out there who won't make you work so hard, who won't make you sacrifice all of your energy and attention just to get them to love you for one day or one hour or one touch. It's okay to say, nope, I deserve better because I know that there is good, true love out there for me. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.